So there are many, many beings on this realm helping, helping, helping many other beings that are coming always from the physical plane until they learn how to exist, how to create forts, how to create forms, how to build their buildings, how to have a very good time. For average humanity, this realm is a place of rest for them, a place of reward, if you wish, because they've had a hard, rough time in the physical body, and they basically need a reward for that. The women that have spent most of their lives bringing up children and being battered a little bit by husbands and whatever. And so this is the reward, this realm, this peaceful realm where you go at nights on the whole. And when you bring back memories of this realm, you'll find that your dreams are very vivid, very colourful indeed. The colours are very bright. The word astral means starry. It's the realm itself is self-luminescent. It has its own internal sun, and the sun shines, as I said, 24 hours a day. So those of you that have, have quite lucid dreams, quite vivid dreams, of meeting people and listening to music or whatever, you've gone in your astral body into this realm and come back with the memory. Generally, when you come back into your physical body, you find that certain ways of doing this is often you're looking at a television set and then all of a sudden, bang, you're back into your body. The television set is really looking down on the astral onto this physical plane. Often when people go back into their bodies and they've just awakened, they've found that they've got into their bodies very fast, this cord is coming with a snap, there's a slight jarring and you awake. That's the sensation of coming back into your body. Only of you that have actually sort of consciously travelled astrally, you'll know that coming into the body gives you a cold, clammy feeling. It's not a nice experience until the etheric form properly adjusts itself to the physical. So, for the average human being, after they've cleansed themselves of their basic emotions, the, some of their selfishnesses, they find themselves on this fourth subplane of the astral in a heavenly state. And there they learn things. They can look at the true history of, of the world, for instance, not coloured by historians and their misperceptions. They can learn science and so forth. All, there's all sorts of places of learning, beautiful places that people can go to. And the astral forms, and of course, as I said, they just need to think and they're there. You can see quite clearly what I'm really talking about, whether you're out of your body or in your body, is meditation. On the astral realm, you're higher in substance to the realm of mind, to the realms of divinity. And therefore, in order to work and walk there, you are meditating. Whereas on the physical plane, we have to learn to still our bodily emotions and sensations in order, through meditation, in order to reach these higher states. So we go from the hell states, from really murky, uh, terrible conditions, 
through to um, conditions that are not so murky, um, where the houses are a little bit less um, a pigsty, uh, to um, this quite pleasant, wonderful surroundings where people's higher emotions have created beautiful places to be in. In this realm also you can see the divas, the angelic kingdom, learn something about them. And you can try to communicate to people on the physical plane, uh, those that you still love that haven't died. Of course they come to you every night <laughs> when they leave their bodies. But sometimes you may want to impress them with an image while they're alive and you can try to do that. Most people are not aware of this, but sometimes you may get an image or impression of a loved one that had died um, at a certain type, time when you need it, when you need some sort of inspiration. All of a sudden that person has flashed into consciousness some image that is useful to you. And so you go on. But on the whole, these beings, once they've died and they've entered into this realm, are not concerned with what's happening on the physical plane. It's really irrelevant to them. And people that, that are busy grieving for their lost ones, are doing the, their, their loved ones who have died, are doing their loved ones a great disservice. Because they force their loved ones, um, these ones that have died maybe five years ago or ten years ago, to always focus down upon them, upon these beings that are grieving for them, when they really just want to enjoy themselves and have a good time in this realm experience what they need to experience. It's best not, therefore, to grieve for those things, but be joyous. When people die, we should have parties for them. Be happy that they are now released from the bonds of this physical form. Cemeteries should go in time. So, we're talking about this astral plane, the fourth dimension, where most people go to. Most people are emotional. Most people have an emotional life. And therefore they have this emotional karma. And this realm is the realm of the emotions. So exhilarated emotions, good emotions produce good experiences. Loving emotions produce these good experiences on the astral. Hateful emotions, selfish emotions, um, emotions that are just geared for making money and so forth um, produce terrible conditions on this inner realm. As one on this astral realm works out on this heavenly state their experiences, there comes a time when they've learnt what that particular subplane teaches them and they taught to go higher. They leave the grosser emotions behind and they start to reside in their more exhilarating ones that of pure creativity. The higher subplanes of the astral are realms of inspiration. You may go to a domain where there's just pure crystals and crystal light and crystal-like beings, just shimmering light everywhere. With things to learn there, you leave all the gross emotions behind as just exhilarating emotions, emotional states. Eventually, in the life of most, however, they must also eventually die to this astral realm. 
this heavenly states and they go into the realm of the mind. Here's where the karma, and understand it's all conditioned by karma. There's nothing in this universe that's not conditioned by karma. Just different types of karma. You suffer or you experience the good karma of your good emotional life when you die or your bad emotional life, depending on whichever you've created. Likewise with your minds. Those of you that are mental, that do a lot of thinking and pondering and reading and excited by, by philosophy and so forth, that are quite creative, they also have the karma of the mind. And so they leave these astral forms behind eventually and live in an ocean of mind. This ocean of mind is not so much conditioned by forms, but pure, I use the English term noetic, but most of you will probably not know it, but pure mental energy. Streams of colour, streams of thought. And the scientists, for instance, that, that was busy sort of working on such things as Einstein's theory of relativity um, or any other creative being, suddenly is in tune, is directly experiencing every thinker's thought about that particular subject. And it's not only of this life, but of all the past lives. They can experience the, thought of the, the thoughts of the Buddha if they wish or the thoughts of Jesus, or the thoughts of any other great sages or saints. They can live in that mind stream. Or they can live in the mind stream of other creative thinkers. There are four subplanes of the concrete realms of the mind, of increasing subtlety. You start off with real concrete thoughts, as most of you sometimes have. Thoughts conditioned by the material world. And so, when you leave the astral body, you first of all go into those subplanes and experience the karma. You may have had nasty thoughts too, and that type of karma has to be experienced or cleansed out, fiery thoughts. As I told you before, the mental plane is the element of fire. It's rare for mental types to actually have dreams as such, because they often bypass the astral plane when they go back into their bodies. It's generally if you clove, before you go into, back into your bodies, you clothe yourself in this astral imagery um, of lakes and seas and of people. And that's the last thing that you remember before you zap back in. But this particular realm of the mind is pure thoughts. You can imagine, therefore, the... Uh, the exhilaration that these thinkers have, these devotees to God also, that are not hindered by emotions at all, and not hindered by the physical body at all. Even high exquisite emotions are left behind. It's just pure mind, mind within itself, and streams of lighted mind substance. And all the thoughts that have been created by all the thinkers there, past and present, and those thoughts that also go towards the future. This is the realm where beings begin to see the future. In esoteric philosophy, there's also a thing called akasha. And some of you may have heard the term or the phrase akashic records, as I was talking about the future. And 
basically the Akashic records are the imprint in energy, in astral substance, in the higher strata of the astral plane, and on the realm of the mind, of every thought, every feeling, every sentency that anyone has ever produced, and that projected well into the future. All the karmic extremes there. And those that have the capacity to open their eyes to see these records, they can see the future. And it is conditioned, of course, by their astral glaze, by the emotional glaze. How much are they emotional? Do they distort the vision according to the patternings of their belief systems? And so forth. Most that's channeled through is thus conditioned. Incidentally, this astral realm also contains many impostors of divinity, many false prophets, many sages, so-called sages, that are ever willing to inspire or to give information to anyone that in any way wants to channel information. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of deluded um, messiahs on this inner realms um, people that have formerly sort of taken a religious path and think they have much to give. And they pose as Christ, they pose as Krishnas, and they pose as masters of wisdom, and they're quite happy to send streams of thoughts to anyone opening themselves up to those thoughts. More than happy. Very few people that receive channeled information. I can almost not know of any. Um, even Edgar Cayce's... Um, some of his stuff is very good when it came to healing and not so good for some of his other impressions. Very few receive pure streams of thoughts from high enlightened beings. It's nearly always channeled from imposters masquerading as enlightened beings because these channelers have not been trained to distinguish one from the other. They do it unconsciously, they do it automatically, they do it through their own emotional bodies, through their own astral glaze, through their own minds. Very impure substance there immediately distorts and warps what is seen. And even if they do see something clearly, then they often get these imposters giving them whatever these imposters wish to give them. UFO information, information on the Pleiadians, it doesn't matter, God, um, and some of it is of, of nice quality because they're religionists and they've learnt something on the physical plane, they've learnt a little bit on this astral realm as well. But high truth, no. When I go into the nature of psychic phenomena, I also talk about magic, black and white magic, and I'll point out there's also these types of entities. All types of entities exist in this realm, which are not human necessarily. Because there's other streams of evolution in the human. Human beings are arrogant to think that they are the only ones in this whole universe, when there's much, much more than this. This whole universe is multidimensional and it's got many, many parallel streams. The angelic kingdom, for instance. There's dragons, old dragon evolution. These myths of old uh, myths based on reality, inner plane reality. 
many ways to learn. So going back to this plane of the mind and living in streams of thought substance, you can see therefore um, you're going as you go up these planes of perception to more and more rarefied substance, to more purified substance. It's much lighter. It's not bound by form. Concepts of form disappear. We only now have forms of thought and the colour associated with it. And it's quite ecstatic itself, living in this realm of mind, those of you that are mental types and have been caught up in their minds, writing books or creating things purely in their mind, in their daydreams, so to speak. They have a type of euphoria there. And when they wake up back into their physical world, they say, wow, was that beautiful or that space that they were in. And that gives you an idea of this realm and also indicates that you've experienced directly this realm of the mind without it being tainted by the emotions in the form. The higher three subplanes of the mental plane is where the soul resides, the human soul, which is a flower, it's a lotus blossom. The head lotus is built in its image and it has nine main walls or nine main petals surrounding a central three, a central bud. The number 12, the number of the heart, is the number that's basic to all of life or everything to do with the path of enlightenment. Thus you have 12 signs of the zodiac. And in higher philosophy, the 12 creative hierarchies, 12 streams of creative lives of which humanity is one. This introduces a new subject. What I'm getting to, of course, is that ultimately the being gets absorbed back into the soul. The soul contains, it's a flower, it's a form, a sun of mind existing in the sea of mind. Its realm is the mind. The archetypal levels of the mind, not the concrete levels. And it receives and it bathes or it receives, if you wish, from above, from the realms of enlightened beings, high, very, very fine energies and awarenesses from the kingdom of God, from great angelic entities and so forth, from the realms of light. I could go into those realms too and explain them in greater detail, but what I'm more interested at this stage is to outline briefly this account of reincarnation, the way it happens on the inner realms and the way beings are reborn. So this soul of each human unit and human beings have individualized souls where the animals do not, the animal kingdom have group souls. They are controlled by the group of which they are part of. That is one of the reasons why it's impossible for human beings to incarnate into animal forms. It just does not happen. It cannot happen. Because we've evolved long ago out of the animal kingdom. Millions of years ago. It's a waste of evolutionary time to spend time in a form that you no longer need to be in. There are other reasons, but that is one of them. Group soul versus individualized soul. 
on the realm of the soul itself, as I said, it's a son of mind residing in a sea of mind, an exalted mind substance. Uh, the human souls are arranged according to groups. We are soul groups. And those soul groups are coloured or arranged according to their various colourings, their various octaves that they respond to. Different souls have different colourings. And it's only the most refined of thoughts from the physical plane that enters into the realm of the soul. The soul, incidentally, is the storehouse of all your karma. It is neither male nor female, because, of course, with this process of reincarnation, some lives you're male, some lives you're female. It is therefore asexual. But the whole kingdom of souls has a sex, and it's masculine in nature, whereas the diva kingdom is feminine. And later on, when I go into the Diva Kingdom, I'll explain this in greater detail. But as far as human units go, it's neither male nor female. And it evolves on its own realm, and eventually dies to that realm at a high stage of evolution. If you wish, you can say it becomes a Buddha is liberated from the need to reincarnate again. It's evolved its purpose. This is what happened to Jesus when he died on this cross and said, My God, my God, why has they forsaken me? And the symbolism there is the veil of the temple was rent in twain. What that Bible is saying really in symbolic terms is that his soul no longer existed. He knew for a brief moment what it was like to be without God, without anything. Because for him... There's a whole cosmic journey that started then. The, the patternings of the petals of the soul are quite intricate, very detailed indeed, and within the nine main walls of energies and energy fields, they are lesser swastikas actually turning, 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 that contains everything that's was you in all of your past lives, all the images, all the experiences that ever was, and that which is projected into the future. The soul is not individually conscious, it's group conscious. Sees itself only in relationship to the group of which it is part, and then the completed groups. Because this is the rarefied strata of thought energy resides purely in the realms of mind. This is enlightenment. Those beings that are endeavouring to achieve enlightenment, what they're trying to do is become at one with their souls, one with the consciousness of their souls. So that there's nothing there but that type of consciousness which is the sum of their past lives projected into the future in conjunction of all like souls who are meditating at the same time. Because being a son of mind, in a sea of mind, all the soul knows is meditation. They're meditating partly upon this world of human affairs, but mostly upon upwards into the highest stratas of being, upwards into the realms of full, enlightened being, the kingdom of the gods, if you wish, the kingdom of God, the great beings that have been liberated souls from past solar systems even, long before even human beings came into existence. Together, 
the human souls work out the patterning of the future for civilization. No individual can incarnate into our world sphere such as this individually because their karma has to be woven within the karma of the group, the karma of civilization as it is. And all souls therefore work out that karma together. And then an individual incarnates in accordance to the way of fulfilling the karma according to God's plan, according to the originating thought form created by the creative deity at the beginning of time. All the patternings of thought by that deity were seeded into action right at the beginning of time. And all the souls are trying to do is to make sure that the whole process of their continuous lives is to go in accordance with the originating thought by the beings greater than them. Therefore, the soul is a being of love, love itself, a flower of love. It's difficult for you maybe to conceive of a continuity of minds all working together for the same purpose. Each soul is at a different level of expression. Some are very young, what we call basket work souls. Some are quite advanced, full of light and also working within their own realms at the fourth dimensional motion. Because the flowers, the bud flowers, unfold like a flower does on the physical plane and there's three knowledge petals, three love petals and three sacrifice petals and three times three qualities love, love, love knowledge, love sacrifice and so forth and these petals of the soul unfold throughout the thousands of years of human existence as the personalities are arrayed in and out of existence the qualities that the personality gleans, the very highest of the qualities paints the pictures, the colorings of the petals and unfolds them in time and space. Eventually the central bud is awakened and the spirit aspect starts to shine through which destroys the soul form. This is technicality which I won't go into now but when you begin to have the eye of vision to see the soul on its own realm which you must have as you become enlightened, then you can see the beauty of these enlightened minds working together for a common purpose. Within the realms of the soul, or within the form of the soul, are three atoms, esoterically speaking. One is what we call the physical permanent atom, and it's just a sphere of energies, spiral, cyclic motion, causing the formless atom, again based on the number seven and repetition of the, the number seven with spirals within spirals within spirals. One relates to the physical, one relates to the emotional body, one relates to the mental or the concrete mind. And it's within these atoms that all the karma of the form, of the three worlds of the form, is stored. The soul itself contains all the karma of the higher aspirations of the being. Only that which is the highest that the person has evolved can enter into realms of the soul itself, per se. 
when it comes time for reincarnating, it's first of all surveys the entire panorama of human existence and looks at the karma of that human existence, of what it wishes to unfold, what is its purpose to unfold next, what aspect of itself does it want to develop. And it looks therefore at the karma of all those personalities that it had created through time and sees the errors here and the things that need to be fixed up there. And it then works out within the possibilities of physical beings working on the physical plane how those aims can be best achieved in conjunction with the purpose of other souls. It's totally ruthless as far as the personality goes. It cares not whether you um, have a life of hell on the physical plane or whether you are surrounded in material wealth or sexual or sensual wealth, however, whatever it is that you either enjoy or do not enjoy. It's only interested in the cleansing of the karma and the working out of the qualities it needs on its own realm. So it works out the karma and when there's something lacking, for instance the person has um, been so totally selfish for five or six or seven lives and has not learnt from this astral hell that it would have been born into, then it makes sure that the karma is woven in such a way that nothing that that personality tries to achieve in the physical plane actually works out for them. They have a very, very bad life indeed as far as personalities go. One full of much misery because it just weaves the karma that's there to create that type of conditioning and hopes that through that type of conditioning that individual eventually learns something. The suitable parents have found the uh, male and female are busy doing their love play and the soul then projects itself into the woman. And the energy is there in the ethic form the child is starting to develop even before the seed is planted. First of all, the mental energy descends, envelope of the child, then the astral form and then the physical form is built around the energy grid that has been created in the etheric double. Understand well that the, uh, the true human being is not these forms we see but the chakras and the energies around that and then the atoms, the atomic substructure which we touch and feel each other with is created around that energy form, that physical permanent atom. attracts to it all the other atoms of our substance and incidentally the atoms of your substance that you are residing in now is also karmically linked to you from your past lives. It travels with you or is attracted with you from life to life. It's tainted by your energies and you have to learn also to cleanse that substance and the path of evolution progresses thus. Everything is governed by the same law and it's the law of love. Whether it's for the creation of a universe or whether for the creation of a human being, it's all the same law, all the same process, all governed by the laws of mind also. Mind and love interrelate to produce everything that is.
they are, of course, beings that impose the law of love and they use their wills to counter evolutionary purpose. And these beings are inherently thus styled evil. So the child is then formed in the womb and the mother contributes her substance, of course, then to build the form. And at the moment of first breath is when the chakras are activated in the child. And that's, if you want to do astrology, the time to make the chart or to record. You can see, therefore, that the process of uh, incarnating is relatively simple. The soul, once it's started the whole process in motion, forgets about it because the angelic beings, the angelic builders, start to weave the form in the womb of the mother. Everything is created by divas, by the angelic kingdom. And this is a subject we'll go into, I think, two weeks from now. Okay, and then from the child onwards then, the karma starts to manifest according to the way it's planned. The substance is attracted to the child. The chakras start unfolding in the right order in accordance to the wishes of the soul. And so the experiences unfold. And we get caught up in the illusionality of thinking that these bodily shells are our reality as the real thing when it is not so. The child lives in a clairvoyant world, incidentally, all babies do. They're busy staring in the astral world and the little divas, the fairies and the pixies and things all around it. They have these clairvoyant eye open, they're really staring with their third eye more often than not. And um, you see it staring for hours in space. And gradually it starts to awaken to the conditionings that you are now aware of. Unfortunately, parents are so ignorant of this world of the child that they brainwash the child to see what we regard as reality, but in fact is the illusion. You spend much more time out of this physical body than you do inside it. It's a temporary appearance built for a purpose, and the purpose is for each of you to become enlightened beings, each of you to become beings of light and love. And everything is woven around you in such a way to eventually produce that. No matter how evil a being is, eventually they must become a being of light. It may take a soul evolution of two of much terrible karma, much terrible, terrible sangsaric conditionings, much pain and suffering, and in accordance with what they've dished out to this universe, to the people around them, that eventually they have to learn, because the way of the soul and the way of the lords of love is relentless. And hell states eventually teach people not to manifest those actions again. That's what it's all designed for. And hell is a condition you carry around with you. It's not really a locality. Yes, we can call it the locality on the astral plane, uh, what sometimes we call the eighth sphere. But it's a condition you carry around with you wherever you go. It can be your psychological state. It can be um, the lack of things that you desire for yourself. It can be a non-understanding of karma and therefore being swayed this way and that by incidences around you that you have no control over. It can be plunged into a war when you didn't want to have a war around you, just on the physical plane. Your emotional moods create the hell for you as well, or your mental emotions. It's a, it's a condition that you carry around with you, 
and it's based on on what you have learnt to be attached to when you should not be attached to those things and selfish attitudes whenever you are selfish you create for yourself hell because you take from another you take from this universe in order to build your selfish little world around you and when you die that what you've taken from everything around you demands it be given back it's not yours and when you give it back what are you left with uh, I want to ask um, why can't we just if we are in the astral world uh, kind of uh, we can create house we can create meeting with people and all life why don't we stay there and do all our karma cleanse our karma why we're coming to this physical world yes unfortunately for most of us to have such a lovely state of existence would be wonderful to escape the process of life but the physical world exists precisely because here all the dimensions of perceptions interpenetrate and it's only uh, in the physical body can you properly master all substance can you master all the aspects associated with becoming a wise being it's only here can you become an enlightened being the astral realm is but a rest from physical incarnation essentially where you have certain types of learning procedure as well but ultimately the true learning the true education is on the physical plane if you look at it from a higher perspective from the realm of enlightened being then we are asking why incarnation why human beings in the first place and one says that human beings are lords of sacrifice they monads they spirits the soul itself is an illusion of form ultimately speaking as Buddhism points out, they say there's no soul and they write from one point of view. Um, it's also illusional. We're really spirit. Spirit, soul, personality is the triplicity, going back to this concept of triplicity. And um, the, the spirit um, incarnates into the substance of matter in order to resurrect it, in order to convert the mineral kingdom that exists in your body eventually into a human kingdom eventually to give it all mind, sentiency. Everything has got to do with salvation of substance. It's a vast subject which I can go into later on. But eventually um, you become a solar system, you become a solar logos, and the substance in your body will evolve to become humans and plants and animals and so forth on a vast scale. Uh, of course we're talking about an immense duration of evolutionary space. So um, there's no selfishness. Remember, everything is always struggling upwards to light. It's like a plant that grows in the soil, which is the earth, to light, which is the sun. And its leaves shoot out, always reaching higher and higher to the light. And likewise with our souls, with our purpose of reincarnation, we start in the mud of this earth and um, we send our tendrils up into the light and we don't stop growing um, the whole sort of concept of a jungle with plants sort of fighting each other for light is very much uh, the way human beings are so the, pip the process of reincarnating is governed by far higher processes than even the soul itself you're stating that um, evil persons or evil deeds will be punished with evil 
but won't well, be? Well, evil deeds will be punished with love. <laughs> um, love is the law, but what happens is whatever they've done falls upon them, exactly the way they've meted it out to others. And there's no way that they can be escaped because they've created certain modifications in, in, in the energy field all around, and those modifications in the energy field um, must come back to the one that created it. It's just as people might remember past lives, they might remember past punishments and fall back into evil ways. If they remember past punishments, and very often people do have an instinctive um, remembrance of a past punishment, they generally do not fall back into evil ways. They have an inherent fear of doing that type of action again. They have this inbuilt memory, this mechanism, this self-defensive mechanism, and they become loving in a certain way. They may, for instance, um, despite everyone, all their faults, they may be basically quite selfish and all the rest of it, but they, for instance, may have a, a streak of real honesty. Everything they do is based in honesty, even though they're materialistic or selfish, because in a former life they've probably abused their mouth a lot and lied and cheated for whatever they got. And so there's an inherent memory of that, of the karma they've created for themselves and the pain that they had to suffer as they've rectified the karma, so they're honest. Um, I'm just trying to sort of work out I'll just tell and explain to you sort of a subtle way, uh, understanding of subtleties to do with people's lives where they have a basic streak within them which is uh, a streak of goodness because of the fact that they won't break the bounds of that because they've suffered so much through the generating the very opposite quality in a former life. Uh, most of you, for instance, in this room, I don't like war, uh, don't particularly want to kill people in the war situation and mostly you'll find because if you go back into your lives you've been in wars enough times as to no longer wish to uh, uh, inflict pain or suffering upon another person so most of you are trying to do your best to escape uh, the war machine of our nations 